Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, with my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a preview of the United States Women's National Team versus New Zealand. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube. Give our videos a thumbs up. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. You can get exclusive United States Women's National Team content, previews, recap, interviews, all right here on A3. Hello and good morning to everyone, especially if you're joining us in the chat. Lisa, it's a, it's a fit. Now it's official. It's 2023. We're doing a game preview. How you doing this morning, bud? I don't think I could be any better because you just said it. It's it's 2023. We have a game preview. We uh, like I love doing these shows with you, Sandra, um, every day, especially in the off season, because we get to be really creative with what we talk about. There's a lot of news. There's trades. There's fun things to to jump on and talk about. But there is nothing I love more than doing game preview episodes and game recap episodes, especially with the United States women's national national team, and especially during a World Cup year. It, there is nothing greater than this. Um, uh, people in our chat joining us live on YouTube. Thanks so much for jumping up with us back-to-back days. We're going live early in the morning um, saying, hey, it's the day. We are pumped for it. Uh, Me too. I am so ready for this day. It it is here. It's finally here. This is like the first step to the World Cup for the United States women's national team. And it's the first look that we're going to see this year. It really is like, it it makes everything real. It does, honestly. I'm so excited to be here. How are you, bud? 
I'm great. I'm amped. I know you and I were chatting a little bit off mic before we hit live to to join all the good people. Uh, and that's, I feel similarly, you know, it just sort of felt like I woke up, like even falling asleep last night in anticipation for today and waking up this morning, I was like, it feels so good to talk about and preview a, a soccer game. It, it feels like for me, it felt like, okay, now it's 2023. Let's go. We're talking about, um, you know, an actual match day type of energy. And, uh, you know, it's not just the players or coaches, you know, we, we get amped for, for game day too. And it's a, it's a unique opportunity for us because we're getting to do this preview on the exact same uh, scheduling of the match that's going to take place today. So in case you need a quick recap, the United States women's national team are in New Zealand for their January camps. They participated in a six day training camp to conclude with a pair of friendlies and their first match of this two game series is t- uh, t- tonight, uh, Tuesday, January 17th. It's going to kick off at 10 PM Eastern time at sky stadium in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, sort of the history of these two teams. Let's talk about um, the United States kicking off their 2023 in New Zealand. Uh, one of the things that we were looking at uh, in the buildup to 2023 was, you know, after the draw, after we knew what group this team was going to be participating in for the 2023 World Cup, it maybe shifted things a little bit. Uh, so much of 2022 we saw was impacted by injury, uh, players out, uh, navigating various uh, rehabbing uh, schedules or players who were out even on maternity leave. And it also included a really big tournament like <laughs> the CONCACAF W Championship, qualify- qualifying for the World Cup process. So the energy was very, very specific. It was about qualifying. It was making sure that they were going to the World Cup. And as we got towards the end of 2022, with that draw, with those friendlies against you know, top 10 teams, mm-hmm. uh, top ranked teams across uh, the globe, uh, it kind of shifted a little bit. It's different once you sort of know what the outlook is for uh, your your buildup to, to the World Cup. And something I think that's very cool that's come out of some of the media availabilities uh, or some of the news around these January camps, particularly when that 24-player roster drop, was, you know, the information around this particular camp that, you know, they were actually targeting a January camp in New Zealand for several months now. And so now here yeah. it is coming to fruition. Um and I, I think when it comes to maybe kicking off your 2023, your your March to the World Cup, I think this is a pretty good, pretty good start for them. I agree. I think it is. It's there's so much planning that goes into this. And so often, historically, the January camp for the United States women's national team has been domestic um, and it, it has faced other competition. Last year, they didn't. It was all inner squad competition that played against each other. But this year, you and this sounds so silly to say, but it, the United States women's national team is taking it so seriously in the fact that they are headed to New Zealand, right? They're playing in New Zealand for the very first time because 
New Zealand is one of the co-hosts of the 2023 Women's World Cup. They're also playing at the exact stadium where they will play their second match of the group stage against the Netherlands. That's the match that's happening tonight in Wellington at Sky Stadium. So they are emulating as closely as they can to what it will be like during the World Cup. Of course, this is six months before that, five months before that. So the weather is completely different. It's summer right now in New Zealand and it will be winter during the actual Women's World Cup, but they're staying at the same places that they will be staying during the group stage. Remember when that was announced and and as you talked about, the U.S. then had their competition of who they were going to play against. They also had the location of their matches during the group stage, and they are all in New Zealand. That's a, that's a huge positive for the U.S. They don't have to be traveling between Australia and New Zealand, just traveling around New Zealand. So where the women's national team is staying right now in New Zealand is where they will be staying throughout the World Cup group stage. Uh, they're playing at the similar stadium. They're understanding the culture, they're, the time change being there, everything. It's a huge advantage for them to get this experience. Um, we also talked about when we did our World Cup rosters and this, how many people would be there, if FIFA was going to allow 26 yeah. players, what was going to happen? Is it going to be 23? Black Wanonofsky chose to go with 24 for this one, but I think that that's also kind of setting the tone for the World Cup. Don't bring 26 players to a friendly if you can only have 23 going into the World Cup. And frankly, I like that mindset of his. It's really tough to make this roster, and especially if you are players number 20 through 26, that cutoff is so incredibly close. And so he's hard, having to make those tough decisions, Lachlanovsky, about who to bring, and he's already doing that. But I think it's important to touch on the history of the U.S. and New Zealand because they've played 19 times, 19 times. But this is the very first time the U.S. is in New Zealand. Um, out of like 715 U.S. Women's National Team games in the history of U.S. Women's National Team, this is the first one in New Zealand. That's so special. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's not often when you look at the, the very long history of, of matches that this team has played, how many of them have taken place outside of, of us soil, but also like outside of those international tournaments. It's like, yes, they've played outside of the United States because they played in world cups or they played in Olympic games. Well, when it comes to just some international friendlies, it's not too, too often in which we find that they played outside of the United States. Also, this is not a traditional like FIFA window, international window. Exactly. So like to see that these games are, a happening, but also be outside of, of, of U.S. soil is uh, is something to know for sure. But I'm with you. I like that uh, this this ex this is essentially is something that could possibly mirror what they are going to go through during the World Cup. Uh, I think yeah. it's smart to to have the training camps out there, perhaps to sort of get a feel lay of the land, right? Um, and then have not just one, but two games to sort of have a little, maybe a little bit of a quick turnaround to have that experience as well. Um, the weather is going to be a little bit different uh, for them in New Zealand when they go in July, right? Southern Hemisphere. So when they go in July, it's actually going to be winter there versus the, the, the summer season uh, that they're experiencing at, at the moment. But still, I think it's a, it was cool to see that this is happening for them. And I'm excited to see how... How things are going to pan out. So you mentioned the history a little bit, you know, with the United States between New Zealand. 
yes, it's very cool that they're playing them in the in the host uh, country. But we got to look at maybe the head to head a little bit and what we can anticipate perhaps going in to these matches. New Zealand is a team, for lack of a better word, that has struggled against the United States. They do not have a ton of wins against them. When you're looking at the overall record uh, between these two teams specifically, the United States have uh, have the better of the record between uh, the the two teams. Now, that's not to say that New Zealand um, doesn't put up, you know, uh, doesn't present, uh, you know, a, a good style of soccer when they go up against opposition. It's just when they've gone up against the United States, that just hasn't uh, worked out for them. Their current ranking right now in FIFA is 24. So they're among the top 25 mm-hmm. teams currently ranked yeah. uh, in the world. And not only are they the co-hosts for this upcoming World Cup, so they are were an automatic uh, lock f- to make an appearance as hosts, but they've had several World Cup appearances uh, to this point. We're talking five mm-hmm. overall. 91, 2007, 2011, 2015, and most recently in the 2019 World Cup as well. But they've never had uh, a better finish other than just a group stage appearance. So when you're looking at, when you're talking about going up against the number one team in the world, sort of combining the experiences that they've had on the international states, particularly against the U.S., we're talking 117 and 1. Yeah between these two teams uh it's it's not great so i can't help but but also think a little bit about the more recent meetings between we have look we're going back in the memory bank here if you don't want to hear about perhaps an ugly game put us on mute now but we were again we're planning about this when we were content planning we were like oh goodness last time they faced him was during um the uh, the 2022 she believes cup and it ended up being a 5-0 win for the united states but it was in the manner in, in which that win came to life we're talking multiple own goals um three of them all within that first half um tough scene for sure tough tough yeah i mean at this this game was tough, really bad for New Zealand, and and they've been struggling most recently. Yeah, I, I like that you gave a shout to them, top twenty five ranking, being number twenty four in FIFA right now. But when you look at, at that game that happened uh, just under a year ago, it was during the She Believes Cup in twenty twenty two. This was a game for the United States that maybe had a little bit of foreshadowing, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but the United States opened this match against New Zealand in February during that She Believes Cup and was putting a lot of pressure on. They were whipping crosses into the box. They were uh, putting New Zealand's defense under a lot of pressure, and that forced three own goals to open the match in the third minute, in the sixth minute, and in the 36th minute. So at this point, I remember watching this game. I, I think you and I were even texting about it at this point, Sandra, yeah. because we're at just over a half hour into this match for the She Believes Cup, USA versus New Zealand, and it's now 3 nothing to the U.S., and the U.S. has yet to score a goal. So half of me was happy. Hey, the U.S. is winning. Uh, they're putting a lot of pressure on. They're getting shots off. We we saw uh, different kinds of, of lineups for Vlako Andonovsky. This is when we saw uh, Purse starting up top with Sophia Smith and Katarina Macario, Christy Muez, and Ashley Sanchez in the midfield. There was a lot of potential with this group during this opening 30 minutes, opening 40 minutes. But the fact that they hadn't scored a goal themselves, they were all own goals, was something that concerned me a little bit. Not in the, the concerning way where I'm like, let's pull players, let's change things up a whole lot. But it's like, 
okay, you're putting pressure on and you're getting goals and you're getting results, but how much of that is the mistakes of your opposition, the mistakes of New Zealand, body positioning, tracking back, marking runners, uh, poor goaltending, and how much of it is actually the work of the attackers. So that was something that was a little concerning to me, maybe at the halfway point of that last match, 3-0, and you're going into halftime, but your players have yet to score a goal. That changed in the second half. We had Ashley Hatch. She gets one around the 51st minute for the United States, makes it 4 nothing. And then Mallory Swanson, formerly Mallory Pugh, gets one in the stoppage time at the end of that game. So it ends up being 5-0 to the United States over the football ferns in that She Believes Cup. And they did get two goals. But I think that that match is probably fresh in these players' minds because – We've got Ashley Hatch back on this roster for the United States. We've got Mitch Purse back on this roster for the United States. Two players um, that saw significant time in that game. Purse got the start and then ended up subbing out, and Hatch came in and gets a goal. And likewise for the football ferns, New Zealand has to be remembering that match. They have got to be pissed off about that match, right? I think it's I think it's it's important to know that that we're coming up. Uh, on almost like a year removed from that that previous game uh, in in She Believes Cup, and I think it's also we should maybe touch on, on on that a little bit too, like how over the course of this last year, some of the constant rotation that we've seen uh, on the U.S. Uh, the USA side specifically in terms of players who have been out in and out of, of the pool and in various camps with this national team, so you know to to sort of map things out and and see that even though we've been covering the U.S. team on our side and we've seen we had question marks around this roster, like whether or not we were going to see an Ashley Hatch, uh, if we were going to see the return of a Mitch Purse, uh, you know, someone who we didn't see participate in those later friendlies in 2022, only to 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 hit the reset button here in 2023 and look back on this She Believes Cup game that took place almost a year ago and see the impact that some of these players had within that mm-hmm. match then, are they going to get the opportunity to do that once more a, a nearly a year later against the same opposition? So I'm, I'm a little curious about it. You know, th- there's not going to be a Katarina Macario in this one. Um, uh, no Sophia Smith. Smith. No, no Sophia, Sophia Smith. Smith. You know, so there's like there's there's certain things that I think are are opportunities there for for both sides of the pitch to to maybe get some 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 new challenges. Um, but I think if you're the United States and you're looking at this pair of friendlies in front of you, if you're looking at the history of the oppositions in front of you, you know, if you're not if you're not coming out with a win, you yeah. there's a possibility to have a layer of disappointment, right? Those champagne problems that always come with right. sort of covering this team and whether you're a player uh, playing with this team. Um, I mean, Sandra, I think it's also important to look at a little bit of the recent history of the U.S. team because they went on a three-game skid just four games ago. That that was not that long ago. Remember, they closed out 2022 um, in Europe with matches against England and Spain. They end up dropping both of those, 2-1 against England, 2-0 against Spain, and then in November, they're hosting friendlies in the States against Germany. They dropped that first one. Two to one, uh, yep. Germany defeats the United States, and then USA gets back on track. Things uh, they end up winning two one over that final match against Germany. That 
that one in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena. So I think it's it's also really important to look at the history of just the United States as, as well. We're talking about the history of just New Zealand. Um, they're also coming off of a bit of a skid themselves. They they won a pair in September um, against Mexico and the Philippines. They, they won those pairs of friendlies. Then in October, they played against Japan, lost that one 2-0. Um, then New Zealand played against South Korea. That was at home. They didn't have to travel for that one. Um, they lost one nil and then tied one one against that. So this is a, a football ferns team that is tricky. Yeah, there not a lot of consistency there. And frankly, if you're the football ferns, you're looking at the United States saying, "Hey, they they had a bit of a not so great streak themselves." Yeah, they got that one win to end it, but. I mean, if you're New Zealand, you're saying this is our time to strike. So you're, you're saying United. New Zealand's going to look at this as like a massive opportunity then? I, I think you have to. A little bit of redemption. Yeah. You're now playing at home. I, I mean, the history between U.S. and New Zealand is is tough for New Zealand. Yeah. As you said, 17-1-1. and The lone loss that the Americans suffered was the very first meeting in 1987. Yeah. Yeah. So that long-term history is not as relevant. Also the, the one draw coming between these two sides, um, that coming in, uh, 2013 in October, it was a one, one draw during a friendly, but most recently it's been all wins for the U S you know, I'm also uh, just sort of looking at the impact individual players might have for for New Zealand going into to these type of matches. I mean, I think folks are going to be super familiar with with Ali Riley, defender who represents uh, Angel City FC, probably going to be responsible with handling some things on on, on the back line there uh, for New Zealand. But but there's a ton of players across uh, New Zealand's roster who have ties to to the U.S., whether it's specifically for uh, NWSL or uh, collegiate systems. Uh, so going to look forward to, to seeing those type of players if they get, you know, uh, any minutes or if they get runs out there to to go up against um, the United States, whether it's somebody like, a, you know, Hannah Blake at a University of, uh, of Michigan. You know, we've got, uh, you know, Ava Collins, a midfielder out of St. John's University. Uh, Rachel Daly also is St. John's alum. So um, I'm eager to see if any of these type of players, uh, you know, will will make some appearances over the two games. And I think that's the other thing that's standing out for me, too. There's so, m- there's so much of this history between these two teams that are very much just sort of one-off type of matches but this is a two game series between these two teams so i'm i'm interested to see yes this first match tonight between the two of them but what are those adjustments that that they might make going into that that second game whether it's the united states or or new zealand so um i'm eager to to cover these these games as as a pair of games with you and sort of see if we uh have some new and interesting things um to talk about after after this first game tonight but we still have to run down some things in terms of the United States women's national team roster. We're going to talk a little bit more about maybe who we want to see in the lineup tonight specifically. So stay with us. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's chat about the United States women's national team roster ahead of this first match tonight maybe let's run down things for the folks who are joining us for the first time in case you've missed our roster reaction in case you're joining us right now after the break this is who the united states is running with 24 players in new zealand goalkeepers three goalkeepers on the roster adriana french casey murphy Alyssa nayer for the goalkeepers Defenders, Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox, Naomi Girma, Sofia Huerta, Haley Mace, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Emily Sonnet. For midfielders, Sam Coffey, Lindsey Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. And for the forward core, we've got Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Mitch Purse, Trinity Rodman, Mallory Swanson, formerly Pew, and Lynn Williams. Maybe let's talk about the main absences and the return here for some folks, Lisa, no Megan Rapino, no Sophia Smith for this round of friendlies, both out navigating some injuries, which Adonowski touched on and said that they aren't deep, serious, concerning injuries, just need a little bit more time to maybe get uh, acclimated and recover uh, from previous matches. Uh, but in light of their absences, we've seen the return of some other players Emily Sonnet making her return to this roster and Lynn Williams uh, featuring once more on the United States women's national team roster as well. Yeah, both Sonnet, Emily Sonnet, defender and, and forward Lynn Williams coming back from injury. So it's not that they were left out of the roster due to anything uh, performance wise or things like that. And and same for Megan Rapino and Sophia Smith. They are not left out for performance. It's due to minor injuries that they're suffering right now. So why travel them to New Zealand? Black Wendonofsky said, hey, stay where you are with your your team doctors, uh, g- g- training and, and rehabbing where you are. Um, but I, I think the loss of of Megan Rapino and Sophia Smith is significant. Uh, maybe not for the competition on the pitch, but for the molding of this team, right? I mean, this, I imagine that Sophia Smith and Megan Rapino are going to the World Cup. Black Wenonofsky, I also think he thinks that they are going to the World Cup, barring any injuries or major absences. However, to not have them there as they make this trip in this first journey, um, it's definitely a bit of a loss. I mean, you think of Sophia Smith. She started the last game against New Zealand. She's been a very consistent starter for this women's national team, scoring the most goals last year for them um, at just 22 years old. This is a player that you want in and around the team as often as you can. And Megan Rapino brings that veteran leadership ability, the locker room presence that she has, the ability to uh, 
have game management coming in the last 15 minutes of a game. I think those are big losses for this U.S. side. But uh, we also have to think of the games and the gains, excuse me, and not like for like gains at all. Emily Sonnet, defender coming in. Uh, she's now with OL Reign, traded during the WSL draft last week. Uh, still getting used to saying that. And forward Lynn Williams, who uh, is also now with Gotham, another trade that happened yeah. during the, the draft last week. But not like for like trades. Lynn Williams, another forward coming in. But very different than Sophia Smith and, and Megan Rapinoe. I think with Lynn Williams, I'm hoping that she gets a good run out of it. We did not see her during the NWSL end of the season for Casey. They went on a championship run, losing in the final to Portland Thorns. And Lynn Williams was warming up during that game, but she has yet to play a game in a significant amount of time. And you have to start incorporating her back into the roster, getting game minutes, getting game fit. So I'm hoping we see significant time from a player like Lynn Williams. Um, also back on this roster that has been out, uh, a player like forward Ashley Hatch with Washington Spirit. She was in the CONCACAF W Championship, hurt her back, ended up leaving early from that championship. Uh, she's now back on this roster, as is Gotham forward Midge Purse back on this roster after hitting a, a little bit of a decline in her performance. And that's why she wasn't called back in, but she is brought in along with Ashley Hatch to kind of round out 24 player roster. So Sandra, but for you between like, I'm going to say these new forwards coming in, right? Lynn Williams, Ashley Hatch, Midge Purse, which of those three do you want to see get significant minutes in this friendly? Look, these, these are the first matches of, of 2023. And I would venture to say that these, are maybe the pair of matches for some players to really continue to leave that impression with the coaching staff. Cause I would anticipate that the picture will become cl more clear and more clear, clearer and clearer down the stretch of these uh, future international windows for the player pool to be narrowed down to who we're actually likely going to see name to that 2023 world cup roster. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see something similar uh, within uh, this front line that we saw in the She Believes Cup during 2022. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Midge Purse get another run out against a team like New Zealand. I don't. We also don't know um, what the minutes minutes management might look like for a player like Lynn Williams. So when I'm looking yeah. at just the you're asking me about just the forward core here so when i'm looking at at that do i want to see lynn williams get time against this new zealand side 100 percent, absolutely i'm just unclear of what that's going to look like if this right. is a player that hasn't played 90 minutes over the last you know year or so um so i would anticipate that there's perhaps going to be a little bit of just sort of working her way back in um, what's that going to look like? Is it going to look like 15 minutes off of the bench? Is it going to be a half hour in the second half? Is it going to be a full 45 minute shift? I don't know. We'll see, but I will be surprised if it's a full 90. Um, but I, again, I would like to see it if she's capable and healthy and, and ready to go. I would, I would like to see it. Um, but I think uh, you want to see where, where purse is at. I think sort of Looking at how her 2022 ended, um, tough season, I think, for her. I, I would hope that some of the offseason, um, you know, provided her some rest, relaxation, uh, opportunity yeah. to 
rehab and perhaps nurse any lingering injuries that that might have you know been been affecting her over the course of, of 2022 because she's someone that I think could be a real asset to this team in their march to the World Cup. Um, so while we didn't we saw an absence of of Lynn Williams. You know, we got to see Sophia Smith go on this incredible 2022 run. Uh, we got to see Mallory Swanson continue her development, um, you know, back in the picture. And I'm just thinking back to that, that she believes cup, how, how Mal Pugh really started a, a similar journey, you know, back in, in with this team, you know, someone who had also mm-hmm. been absent, you know, didn't go to the Olympics uh, in Tokyo and sort of had to, has had to work her way back um, into, into this roster yeah. as well. So uh, I wouldn't be, I won't be surprised if we're going to see um, a combination of, of Swanson and Morgan to get the start, but who is going to be that opposite winger? Who is going to get that opportunity? Um, and I just don't anticipate that it's going to be somebody like Hatch just because of how she's been utilized before with this coaching staff. I really want to see Trinity Rodman get extended minutes yeah. time as well. I think it's, it's, that's it. What is who are you going to run Trinity Rodman out against if not a team like New Zealand? This is a player that Andonowski has said before in the past that they want to get her acclimated to the team in in a certain in certain steps. But at this point, I feel like she's been a part of enough national team camp. She's had enough experiences in that capacity, just being with the team, navigating senior women's national team responsibilities as a professional, let's get her those minutes to match yeah. up with that. I want to see her get a run out against New Zealand. I think Trinity Rodman deserves to get minutes. I'm right there alongside of you. She's got 10 caps, two goals with this senior national team. I, I think that she has been involved a lot and not reaped a lot of the rewards in terms of minutes. She really hasn't. She's been that reserve player coming in off the bench late in games. Um, I, I think that she's been consistently in these camps and consistently performing. Otherwise, why would she be considered back in and, and continued back into it? I agree. I, I really want to see Trinity Rodman get a run, especially in the absence of Sophia Smith, right? This is a player that um, I, I think could make a difference. This is her time. Give her a chance. Give her a moment at this point. So for you I, and for me, I want to kind of run through some of our lineups and what we're thinking with this front line and, and starting wise. Um, I, I think it's going to be Mallory Swanson up top. I think we are also going to see Alex Morgan. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure if Trinity Rodman's going to get the start. I think she deserves it, but I just don't know at this point. I really don't. I don't think Ashley Hatch would get the start either. I don't think Purse um, I, and Lynn Williams on minute restriction, maybe he could say start her. Like that's the thing with minute restrictions. It's either you're going right after the warmups, so your body's warm and you're ready to go, yeah. or you're being reserved until the last 20 minutes. So I'm going to give it a toss up between Rodman and Williams for that third starting nod. But the formation of it is going to be a little interesting, I think, in terms uh. of. Morgan and Rodman like I want Rodman out on the wing but could Vlachwinanovsky throw her centrally no we're talking about <laughs> look we're not gonna see it not at this point I know I, I don't I don't would I love to see some you know tactical or formational changes for this team in their build-up to this world cup yeah 
course, 100%. I think you and I specifically were already talking about that when this team was you know, getting ready to go to Europe. Um, what are we going to see against some of these other teams, the other teams who are considered favorites going into a World Cup? Are we going to mm-hmm. see this team, this coaching staff specifically, present different game plans or different responsibilities to these players? And we didn't necessarily see that coming out of those no. final matches. We saw a snippet of it perhaps in, in, in that final game to, to snap that losing streak where we finally saw Lindsay Horan allowed to kind of just be the, be the eight and just sort of go out there and, and present some things and it looked a little bit better. But we also have to remember that during that win in which they snapped that streak, Germany was missing Lena Oberdorf. So it opened up some yep. things dramatically <laughs> for the United States. You got to let we things. not forget Lena Overdorf yes. was not there. <laughs> we just got to keep things in, in perspective. So while we can, you know, maybe try to throw around some and have some fun with, with, with the forward core, I think we also have to maybe take a look at this midfield and what mm-hmm. we could see, uh, you know, out there on the pitch against New Zealand, because I don't anticipate we're going to see this team move away from their 4-3-3. I don't either. Yeah. I think that at this point it's, it's too late to be changing formations and we would have already seen it. There's been plenty of opportunity for Vlachowanovsky to try different things and throw it out there. I'm with you completely. It's going to be a four, three, three from now until through the world cup, right? Barring any major changes or injuries or things that happen, we're going to see a four, three, three from Vlachowanovsky. And uh, I think I'm hoping that it's Rodman up top with Swanson and Morgan. I mean, I think that's what we can expect for tonight. Um, And then for the second game, I mean, we'll talk about that when we get there, but I I do still want to see Williams get in there. And I think we could see Purse maybe get a nod at the start as well as someone who's been working back into it. But yeah, I'm with you on a four, three, three. And, and as, as you said, you don't think you're going to see a a big rotation in the formation. I also don't think we're going to see that many shakeups in the midfield either with the seven players that Black Wanonofsky has called in, in Sam Coffey, Lindsey Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. It's been Andy Sullivan, Lindsey Horan, and Rose Lavelle. I could see maybe a Sam Coffey instead of Andy Sullivan, and I would love to see that. I would love to see Sam Coffey get the start in the midfield alongside Rose and, and Lindsey Horan, but... I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're going to see it. I could see him sticking with Andy Sullivan. I listen. I mean, if we're talking about, we're talking about manifesting a start for Rodman or um, some good chunks of minutes for, for Williams, you know, why not do the same for, for somebody like a Sam coffee? I think this is the opposition um, to do that. You know, I think if you're still, if you're still, in those small pockets of evaluation for specific players on this roster, mainly the the younger ones, the, the ones who have had less time in the national senior women's national team program, that these are those matches to go ahead and do that. Because I, I would anticipate that on the horizon with the She Believes Cup coming up in 2023 in February with opposition like Japan, uh, I believe uh, Brazil, Canada, you're getting, you're going to try to get looks for players who are likely going to be part of that world cup roster. So I'm, I'm hopeful again, I could be just, you know, completely swinging for the stars here, but I'm hopeful that this pair of friendlies 
will provide opportunity to see those extended minutes for a player like Robin or even for somebody like a Sam Coffey, especially mm-hmm. in light of, you know, recent comments from Andonovsky about the future of this midfield, no longer uh, wanting to really touch on um, the, the, the very long and lingering uh, right uh, in, in knee injury for Sam Mewis. Um, Sad. Not wanting to comment on that. I think, you know, there's you're putting enough out there to sort of say, like, don't ask me about this player. Um, and, you know, Sam Mew is going on her own podcast saying that when she's ready, she'll want she'll talk about her her injuries. So I think at, at that at that point, you just sort of have to perhaps try to piece two things together and at the very least give the player her privacy as she continues right. to navigate her own personal yeah. questions about her, her career and just look at this midfield core in front of you and try to, you know, if any, if anywhere else positionally on this pitch, not the back line, perhaps not even your front line, it's maybe this middle third of the pitch where we need to see something by the coaching staff for for these players moving forward yeah I think the the touching on Sam Ewis and her injury um I completely agree I mean give the player privacy she's think of it from her perspective this is her career this is her passion this is her job and she can't do it uh it's probably not that easy on her but I I think it's important to kind of reiterate what Vlad Wanonofsky said that it's a long-term injury he didn't want to go into details he didn't want to comment on the timeline or her possible return or anything like that so you have to look at what's in front of you. And I think yeah. that getting consistency with these players and and not just consistency in minutes, but minutes on the pitch together, right? Playing alongside certain groups that he could see them with. And I think it, it kind of coupled along with the front line of this United States women's national team, right? If you're expecting to see Swanson Swanson and Morgan getting consistent minutes in that front line uh, moving forward throughout the World Cup. Who's going to be playing underneath them? I think it's really important to look at the 10. That's someone that feeds passes through. And and between Lavelle and um, Haran, they've got a lot of experience playing with Swanson, Smith, and Morgan up top. But what about a player like Sam Coffey? Can we get her more minutes? Can we see how that rotation looks? What what it looks like defensively when Rose Lavelle is in there and there is a wide open attack, perhaps like we're going to see against New Zealand and Lavelle has the freedom to run, really push and stretch high. Do we see Haran sit a little deeper and and play alongside Coffee, almost looking like a double six, but not so much still pressed up higher? Or do we see Haran stretching and then it's the Andy Sullivan alone back there or Sam Coffee alone is that number six sitting in front of the two center backs? I think those are the questions questions that Black Wanonofsky and, and U.S. women's national team fans need to be looking at how the fluidity of the midfield works against different opposition and with different players in there, because it's going to look different with Andy Sullivan and it's going to look different with Sam Coffey. Uh, the double pivot. Will we, will we ever see you? I don't think we're going to see a real double pivot. I don't, but yeah. but there are moments in times where I think against really strong attacking opposition, we will see what looks to be a double pivot in the defensive formation for the United States. So for this first game, let's just maybe focus in on, on this one because this is the preview for this match. When we're looking at three midfielders in, in this part of the pitch, do you see any breakaway from from what we've already seen 
from Andonovsky and this coaching staff? Or is it going to just be Sullivan, Horan, Lavelle? Yeah, I think it's going to be that, honestly. I would love to I see agree. coffee in there instead of Sullivan for at least a start. But I, yeah, it's going to be Haran, Lavelle, and yeah. Sullivan. I yep. agree. I, I I would hope that with the second game on the horizon and the quick turnaround of it all and all of this sort of mirroring, you know, a, a group stage in, in the World Cup that we'll see rotation and, and maybe we'll see Sam Coffey get extended minutes in, mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a January camp window like this. But I think for this first game, I think you're running with um, the players that you've been running with at this point. And I think the same could be said perhaps for uh, the defenders and, and the goalkeepers. Listen, I, I want, there's two games here. I want to start for Adriana French. I want to start yeah, for Casey Murphy, but there's also a part of me that's like, listen, these are the first games of 2023. Are you really not going to start a listener, your number one goalkeeper? So I'm interested in what we might see there in the goalkeeper position. Will we just see some of uh, the, the non-number ones get full 90-minute games, or are we going to look at these 45-minute split shifts? I don't know. That's no. TBD. When we're looking at this defensive uh, unit, the back line, listen, we've also seen a lot of usual suspects typically called in and tabbed with the start. We've seen Sofia Huerta get uh, nabbed on, on that outside back role. We've seen some interesting things in the center back position. That is an area in which they've had to try some different things out in light of players kind of coming in and out with injury over the course of 2022. Becky Sarabone was missing for that early phase of 2022. Abby Dahlkemper eventually making her exit, um, navigating uh, injury and recently recovering from, from back surgery. But we've got to see the rise of Naomi Girma. Tierna Davidson not on this roster. Close, but not enough for, for this uh, New Zealand camp. Uh, when you're looking at that back line, who do you want to see out in this in this game tonight? U.S. is also missing Kelly O'Hara at this point, dealing with a bit of an injury herself. So she's not listed in these eight defenders. Um, With the ones called in, Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sophia Huerta, Haley Mace, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Emily Sonnet. I think we're going to see a little bit of consistency here. Um, I'm going to go with Fox, Gurma, Cook, and Huerta across the back line. Um, I didn't start Becky Sauerbrunn. I think that also with goalkeepers, I think we're going to see a listener. I yeah. do. I would love to get a start for AD French and Casey Murphy, but I think if there's if they're just splitting games, it'll be a listener and AD French. Um, unfortunate for Casey Murphy, but hey, you never know. We'll see what happens. But with with, with the the four backs, the four defenders, I think Blackwanovsky needs to give a chance for Gurma and Cook to develop that relationship a little bit more. Yes, Tierna Davidson is on the verge of returning, but She's on the verge of returning to contact play, not yeah. not gameplay. Like she might still be a little bit far out. I'm hoping for she believes she's at least getting minutes in those matches, but it's going to be minute restriction at that point. So yeah. I don't think you can bank on a player like Tierna Davidson coming back and being your starting center back for the World Cup. I, I just I don't at this point. I think you have to lean on someone like a Gurma to be in that role consistently. And then between Sauerbrunn and Cook, I, I honestly think it's a bit of a toss up. You know what you're going to get from Becky Sauerbrunn day in and day out. And you pair her alongside someone like a Gurma. 
I love that partnership. They bounce each other really, really well. Becky Sauerbrunn can break lines with her passes. Naomi Gurma can also do that. Their 1v1 defending is phenomenal. It's a really nice balance, but you also have to look at someone like an Alana Cook that I think had ups and downs throughout 2022 and wasn't as consistent as you need your center back to be, but that's a natural progression for someone like Becky Sauerbrunn who might be seeing fewer and fewer minutes as this team moves forward. So I'm thinking he starts there with Cook and Germa as the center backs and then Emily Fox and Sophia Ware to outside. Okay. You know, I think it's interesting to hear you say that because I I am very curious about where they're going to utilize and how they're going to utilize Crystal Dunn over the course of of these two Mm -hmm. friendlies. You know, we really saw her bring it on in the end of 2022. She got back into national team camps um, with the, with the national team right around September. But when it came to getting match minutes for club with Portland Thorns, she was definitely still building back to match day minutes. So we Mm -hmm. saw her in this sort of off the bench option capacity and oh my god like the impact that she had for that team down the stretch scoring that game winner in their semi-final uh, for the thorns punching their ticket through to the NWSL championship final and then obviously lifting the championship with them uh, out in dc but again only seeing these off the bench late in the game second half uh minutes just probably because she is herself still trying to get acclimated uh to yeah. being back in with the team, you know, she has said that she has wants to work on that, ensure that her fitness is there, ensure that she can go 90 minutes. So I'm curious if over the course of these two games, um, taking a look at Crystal Dunn, because I would anticipate if she is at least at 45 minutes, uh, if she's able to give you 45 minutes, that you give her 45 minutes somewhere in one of these two games. Now, I don't know if that's going to be at the start. I don't know if that's going to be uh, at the second half uh, to come on in. Um, I, I, but don't, I don't think that, we see Crystal Dunn start. I don't think we see her start. But, but, for, I don't me, think, but for me, yeah. I think we, we, we do see her get extended minutes in, in these okay. two friendly. Um, I don't know if we get it. Like, over, I mean, over, someone like, over someone like an Emily Fox. Oh, 100%. That okay. that's that's Crystal Dunn's position. That I, look, I know that's like taboo to say, but that that's her position. You know, we want to see different things for this team moving forward. We've talked about pushing up Crystal Dunn higher into that middle third, even Not along happening. the front line if needed. But because of the coaching staff and the game plans that they have presented for this team moving forward, it hasn't shown or indicated to me that they are interested in utilizing Dunn in any of those positions. And I think if she is able to continue to work on getting her minutes up uh, with this team, that we'll eventually see her back with this team getting those starts at that position. Yeah. So, yeah, there are certain players on this roster where there's going to be narrow windows for them to continue to leave a lasting impression on this coaching staff. And I think you're, if you're somebody, if you are somebody like an Emily Fox or a Haley Mace, or even a Sofia Huerta that you want to put in uh, good shifts during over the course of these very early uh, friendlies, because I think as Crystal Dunn continues to, you know, get back into form, someone is getting rotated out. Yeah, I think it. I, I'm. I want to comment on that because Crystal Dunn is. I agree. The left back of uh, the like the last decade for this United States Women's National Team, and I think that Emily Fox has stepped in and played that role 
very well, very differently than Crystal Dunn, but very well over the last year and a half, two years for this women's national team. And Crystal Dunn has worked her ass off to come back. And we saw it with Portland Thorns, as you mentioned, scoring uh, game-winning goals throughout the playoffs, being an incredible, incredible and influential part of that Portland Thorns NWSL championship run. However, I still have a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth when we saw Crystal Dunn with the U.S. Women's National Team against Germany, and she fell asleep on the back post, and Germany ended up scoring a goal against uh, against Dunn. She fell asleep. She didn't pick up her mark, and, and that was that. It was very obvious to see throughout the run of that play and on the replay of that goal for Germany. And that was something that was incredibly uncharacteristic of Crystal Dunn. I have never seen her do anything like that before. And because of that, I don't think we're going to see her get a start just because of still working her way back. And a mistake like that in a World Cup year will cost you, will cost you a World Cup. And I think that that's something that needs to be looked at incredibly carefully. Crystal Dunn deserves time to play. She deserves minutes. She deserves, I, I think you said 30 minutes. I am all for that. I don't think she's getting the start though. I think that she would. We will see her rotated in, perhaps around the hour mark, for someone like an Emily Fox in that outside left back position, with the consistency that Fox has shown over the last couple years or last year or so, and and playing alongside someone like Germa in that center back role. They've developed a bit of a partnership uh, between those two as well. I, I think for Dunn, we'll see her. I don't think we'll see Dunn get starts though, not yet. Fair enough. Three, three. Let's let's close it out. Three players we absolutely want to see get time over the course of these two friendlies. I'm gonna go with AD French. I'm gonna go with Crystal Dunn. I'm gonna go with Lynn Williams. I want to see these three players back in the mix, getting extended minutes with this team against New Zealand. How about you, Lisa? Give me three players. Oh, I love that. I am going to go with Sam Coffey. I really want Sam Coffey to get minutes. Uh, Lynn Williams and Trinity Rodman. Those are three that I want to get significant minutes. I think that they are going to help build this team onto the future and, and be that three-peat team in a World Cup year. I love it. Let's hopefully see that for all six of these players that we just dropped. Uh, that's going to be a wrap here for us at A3. Remember, you can catch the United States women's national team versus New Zealand tonight, Tuesday, January 7th, kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. Shout out to HBO Max. You can catch the game on there or you can catch it on Telemundo in Espanol. I know where I'll be watching. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today on Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast you can watch us too please subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third you can like follow subscribe leave us comments on the videos we love to hear from you for sandra Herrera and lisa roman this was attacking third hey everyone this is jimmy conrad your favorite former u.s men's national team player and the host of the call it what you want podcast and I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness.
For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 